everybody, welcome back to Photography Fireside. This is Rosemary Day Ross and we are still in January. Photography world, what have I done this week? So I am excited about Friday. I'm gonna go out and do, um, Sweat is coming out at ACT Theater, which is one of our major theater theaters here in Seattle. And the um, I get to work with a couple of the actors from Sweat, which is gonna be awesome because I love them. They're so great to work with easy to work with. Um, it's nice to be able to work with professional actors because, you know, you know, you can never quite get something so cool as somebody who's, who's played a, a thousand different personas, right? It's just, you know, they just really dig into a certain personality and really know how to emote that. And so it's really cool to be able to set some scenes with them and we're gonna um, go to a bar and set some scenes for what's gonna transpire for their billboards and buses um, advertising for that particular piece. So I'm really excited about that. It's always exciting when I get to do something really creative. And I got to spend a little time with um, Evening News at King 5 here this last week and in the process of editing those photos and getting those out. And those guys are just the best ever. And, you know, I just, I'm always so floored. I shouldn't be. I should not be floored. But, you know, these guys are um, just really quality people. And I just really enjoy my entire time with them. Um, so I'm super lucky. There's a really cute photo that... Um, I think Joyce took this cute group photo of us and so I, I gotta jump in on a photo and not just be behind the camera. I think I posted on Instagram. Um, I definitely posted on the Rosemary De Ross Facebook page so you can check it out there if you want to see it. So um, I kind of wanted to continue down the path of um, where I was at least in my train of thought from last week's episode. I just really thought a lot about this and I thought about it in the past in general, but um, I've been thinking a lot about the partnership of style and technique, um, that personal style and technique and what we developed there, and then trends. And just thinking about it as a partnership of things to push forward on, but to, to separate them a little bit in terms of being able to identify what a trend is and um, not totally defining your style uh, based on that trend and but rather using it as a tool to both market yourself and push yourself forward as a photographer but really trying to figure out where they pop up and where they go away because um, you don't want to jump on board with a trend that comes in and goes out and it's kind of you completely define your style based on a trend and then the next thing you know your entire business is dated based on it so I'm just doing a, I just wrote a little bit about what that, you know, what that picture kind of looks like and how to figure out how to identify it um, as it comes up in your, in your business and how to think about it and how to ponder it as you go along and what you're creating. So, um, have you ever heard the phrase, watch out for trends? Keeping up on the latest trends in the fashion industry is a good thing. For photography, it can sell a portrait session after portrait session. And so what are you watching out for when it comes to a trend? Some of the latest trends in photography are filters. And let's be honest, there are some gorgeous filters. I'm particularly fond of the alien skin film looks. And holy crap, it makes my film loving heart skip a beat. 
these trends will be harder to dictate how fast they come in and how fast they go out, but they're good tools to sell work while it's in season. Building an entire portfolio off a filter trend could kill your business. The value lies always in what is under the filter. About a decade ago, wedding photography shifted into bright sunlight, slightly washed out romantic backlit images, but just over the past few years, it has shifted into dark, moody edits. I've spoken with wedding photographers who have been around for longer than a decade, and several of them have been asked by publications to re-edit their photos to reflect today's trends, which is a lot to ask. But magazines do try to reflect what is popular today and aren't as concerned with the longevity of the photography community. Just like in the fashion industry, trends sell, and they might just sell your work. It isn't bad to include trends in your body of work and put them at the forefront of your portfolio. The thing I've always embraced as a wedding photographer was the story. If people found me because I put one of the most trendy wedding photos at the top of my portfolio, it wasn't that that, that sold them later. It might have attract, attracted them initially to me, but it later once we had a conversation, it was my philosophy that I wanted my work to be memorable. What if this trend goes out of style in 10 years? My clients don't, and then my clients don't feel like um, they can relate to the era that that trend existed in. So what I sold them on was the story of what transpired that day. That was much more important than the trend of the photo that I showed them. But as you may know, in their mind, <clears throat> they might not understand that the thing that initially attracted to me is a trend that, that might not exist 10 years from now. So even, even then, that's, I don't really embrace and talk about that. It might still be selling the work. It might be selling the work to them right at that moment. But the most important quality thing that I can give them is something that has longevity. I want them to remember how it felt. And I want them to remember the story. That is why I retained almost every inquiry I had. It wasn't that they just believed what I said, but when you start looking through the images, the storylines came alive, where prior they may have been buried under a few currently glamorous trends. The quality of the work and technique that goes into creating the piece prior to editing. Editing trends tend to fall under inspiration or nostalgia. Determining its long-term value for your work depends on your clientele. Big coastal cities tend to move through trends a lot quicker than smaller inland areas. With the digital world, this is changing too. Some photographers build portfolios based on nostalgic ideas and trends, which is not a bad thing. Clients relate to the excitement of that trend. However, in the long term, the photographer can be setting themselves up to start all over. Consistency in the heart of the work holds true value. I think that's why wedding photojournalism caught on so well in the early 2000s. An amazing storyteller, photojournalists can capture moments that will last forever, no matter which filter you put on it. About a decade ago, when digital photography was in its toddler phases, we were all experimenting with ideas and techniques that were new to us at the time. The limitless doors of 
Art had swung open. One of the fastest growing trends at the time was black and white images with one element left in color, blue eyes, red scarf, yellow boots. This inspired by the hand painting of film images, which was made popular by the Kim Anderson series. By the way, Kim Anderson's real name is Batram Bonner and was a successful photographer in Europe long before the Kim Anderson children's series. A lot of folks also think of Kim as a woman, not a man, which is kind of a fun discovery. This trend came in like wildfire for family senior portrait work in the late 90s, early 2000s, and went out just as quickly. Using it to sell imagery as a treatment option was a big seller for a minute, but building a portfolio off this trend would have killed any business. This is a really great example for something really obvious, but in today's world of digital edits and audio filters, it's harder to pinpoint what is a trend and the difference between that and long-lasting technique you can practice and use your entire career. An example on the flip side exploring technique and a long-lasting brand would be to look at a photographer like Sally Mann. If you haven't seen her work, I'd suggest pulling her up so you can get some perspective of what I'm talking about. Just merely putting out some words about her um, might not be enough to kind of sink in what exactly her work looks like if you haven't seen it already that is um, but what you find with her are, is a lot of um, really well composed moody stories with a lot going on in it um, or simply um, done you know her work just tells a story even in the most simplest way that she presents it so it's a lot of um, her pulling in her own techniques without being influenced so much by a trend. Um, but you know, she's been a long lasting artist in the industry and people still, you know, recognize her work as somebody to take a look at from the artist perspective. So um, as you're trying to push yourself into what is yours and, and you're trying to grow that, she's a great one to look at. Um, the kind of work that she does um, grounds her entire body of work, despite if she were to attach herself to any trend or something that came up that she wanted to experiment with at any given time. And um, so that's something to really take note of, because while trends in your work can have a short life of interest, grounding your vision and refining it can last an entire career. You don't have to be a fine art photographer to apply this to your own body of work. I want to, if I want to stand out as a family photographer, headshot photographer, commercial photographer, what I'd want to do is not just be, merely be um, known as those things, but I'd want to get clear on what the soul of my work is and sell from that standpoint. Even though you can sell, you know, you can attract people with a trend um, into your work, but you can, um, and then once once they're there, if they haven't seen the soul of your work already, you can start talking about it and showing it and expressing it. So it's just a little technique that you can use out there. So anyway, I am kind of bringing these two things together. Um, what the basis of this conversation is, is basically, you know, when you are starting to grow yourself as a photographer and, you know, even now I feel like I know nothing, um, I still want to grow myself. I'm still completely inspired by people out there. They're creating things that are just amazing. I'm excited about something every single day and I feel like I've just barely begun. But 
what I have done throughout my career up to this point is to it's definitely like if something inspires you to try and do no matter if it's a trend it's great to do it's great to learn it's great to add it to your portfolio trends are not going to kill your business they will if you base your entire business on a trend and you cannot shift or pivot away from that so get to know the heart of what you're creating like really think about its longevity like what is the soul of your work ultimately that's going to last for a long time and hey you know it's not bad to shift course either so you know i used to shoot weddings i used to shoot a lot of family portraits and now i shoot primarily commercial work you know it's it was a shift that i loved i didn't know i was going to like fall in love with it and make that shift in my life but i did so i mean it's okay to shift in your life too i'm not saying you got to know now what you're going to do forever but it's really cool to be able to get to the heart of what you want to create, why you're creating it, what you think is most beautiful, what you think stands out. You know, what are those roots of your business and yourself as an artist? And then grow up from there, kind of, you know, add layer upon layer upon layer of you growing as a photographer and developing your skills into something that's just a little bit more interesting every year. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and I will talk to you soon.